Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider. I also have an MBA in finance and been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates and the Money Doctors here. Good to be here today, guys. Yeah, good Saturday. It is a great Saturday, as usual, you know, and uh, we're excited about our show today. And thank you for listening out there. We have our show like today, every day, from every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link in the top right-hand corner that you can stream us um, from the comforts of your house or, uh, you know, hit podcast. We also have a link to the podcast that you can go out there and listen to it later if you miss us. So we make it easy. Yeah, you can catch us on our on your smartphone. You can link to our podcast there, um, and you can uh, uh, send us your emails. We'd love to hear from you. So you can link to us on our website, moneymd.net, or email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Well, guys, we have an awesome show, but before we get into that, you know, how about football, man? Isn't this a great time of the year? There's a coolness in the air. Yeah, that's right. Some some couple nice days. Some coaching changes, maybe. I guess everybody knows that Spurrier is, um, he's not retiring, he resigned, which means he could come back in some capacity. So leaving the University of South Carolina, had a great run and uh, certainly a great career and you know, I was telling you guys, you know, before the uh, the start of this, that there's not many people that could pull off what he's done and have everybody kind of glowing over him. But he, I watched the press conference this last week, and he's a quality person, and uh, it's just time for him to go. Uh, Carolina has not had a good season, and uh, time to bring in some new energy. So, yeah, and I think everybody respects him a lot as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had an cr- amazing career, and uh, amazing. yeah, he really has winning stats. So, uh, how long? Yeah, fifty years? No, I don't think maybe. Uh, Forty maybe, uh, total years. I, I knew it was a. I mean, he played as well. You know, um, okay. obviously within college and won the Heisman and then uh, went on to the pros. But um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there's another local team that's looking for a coach at some point. So yeah, I think we'll keep ours for a while. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So Dabo's not available. Nah. I mean, you know, he signed a ten year contract okay. last year, right. and hey, uh, well maybe you know when you're five and zero, oh, you you have yeah. a little job security for a maybe, while. Maybe Venables wants to be a head coach somewhere. We'll. Your defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to, hey. to check him out. Yeah, never can tell. He's yeah. doing pretty good, too, though, this year. Oh, he no know? doubt is. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think we'd lose Chad Morris for too long. Cause he's well, he's pretty, gone. Chad's oh, that's, gone. That's right. He yeah, he gone. went to uh, SMU. So. Yep. There you go. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, interesting time. So It really is. But we have a great show today. We do have a great show today, don't we? That's right, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna start it. You know, talking about football season. Well, it's it's presidential campaigning season yes, it is. as well, yes, it is. and uh, you know they just had the Democratic, the very first Democratic debate uh, this past uh, week, and we're gonna look at 
the f- top four GOP candidates and their plans for our taxes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to review that, and then uh, next week or so, we're going to take a look at the Democratic tax plans that's kind of on the table. They so will this be drastically be different. Interesting. Yes, they will. I, I, yes, they I believe will. so. Yeah, that's an interesting topic, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, then we're going to step into the 10 money-saving ideas that could cost you. You yeah. know, um, money-saving ideas is a big deal. Um, everybody tries to save money, you know, of course, and but there are some ways you can save money that don't actually save you money. They end up actually costing Hurting you. So you. Yeah. Exactly. So those we're going to talk about that. Those are good. Those are those are ten good ones. And then uh, again, an article from Dave Ramsey um, about how to teach your teen about money. Um, you know that can be a challenge. And uh, so we're all going to kind of share our personal stories um, with our kids. Um, but that's a, a a great article and it's got some good information in it. Yeah, that'll be a good one. And then the last one, uh, well, that is it. So that's going to lead us up here to the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the uh, CME group, um, and it talks about uh, uh, a Fed rate hike. You know, guys, we've been talking about this for a long time now. And as of um, this last October, the bond market has priced in uh, an 8% chance of a Fed hike in its um, 1028 meeting. Um, a 37% chance of it happening in December on the 16th, and a 47% chance of a uh, rate hike on the 27th of January. So it's going to happen at some point. We don't know when, but it's it's pretty soon. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I think the chances are a little higher than that. At you know? 8%, really? I, yeah, I mean, I just think there's a higher chance they're going to raise it more immediately. I think they held off last time because the market was yeah. going through a lot of volatility. It's kind of calmed down now you know i think there might be a 25 percent chance they do it this meeting and i think there's probably a, a lot higher chance they do it in december is that know? official from the marbert group there you is go that the, the marbert the marbert prediction group yeah and yeah. we don't try to predict interest we, rates no one really knows really but don't. i mean the, the writing's on the wall it, it's gonna happen at some point so it's just when yeah markets are um probably not going to be super happy when it happens but actually who knows maybe they will they because they've been expecting it for a while Exactly. Okay, good financial fact. That leads up to our first topic here, and that is the four GOP candidates and their tax plans. Yeah, this is a, an article that I, I got this information from MarketWatch.com, uh, Bill Bischoff. And, you know, even though the next presidential election is still more than a year away, the political season and campaigning season is in oh, full, absolutely. full yes, swing. It is. I mean, they are all over the place. The schedule that some of these guys uh, carry and maintain is just unbelievable. You know, among the significant distinctions between the candidates are their tax plans. And in this segment, we're going to take a closer look at the top four GOP candidates and what they've uh, what they've kind of put together for their tax plans. Yeah, and then as you mentioned earlier, Gordon, I mean, next week we'll take a look at the three Democratic candidates and or the three leading ones and their tax plans and maybe Joe Biden's if he jumps into the race, but should be interesting. Yeah, well, let's start with the Donald Trump, you know, the Trump factor right now on uh, tax planning. For individuals, Trump proposed fewer tax brackets and lower rates, zero, ten, twenty, and 25 percent versus our current rates of 10%, 15, 25, 28, 33, 35, and 39.6. Now, I know that's a lot of numbers, but that in and of itself, yeah. that one statement just kind of shows how spread out and how complex. Yeah, simplify it. Uh, 
can be. You know, the top 25% rate would kick in at an income of 301000 for joint uh, married or married joint filing couples and one hundred and fifty thousand and one dollar uh, for singles. So married couples earning fifty thousand dollars or less and singles earning twenty five thousand dollars or less would actually pay no federal income tax. Yeah, interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, who doesn't like that? You know, it's like Christmas. I mean, there's a gift for everybody there. <laughs> there's something you know? in there for uh, everybody. <laughs> you know, you got to love it. But unfortunately, it's probably going to cost a lot. I mean, right now, you know, and I think that the, the, the no tax on the lower end isn't a big change because most people don't pay a lot of tax till you get over about $50,000 anyway. But it sounds good. It does sound it great. Sounds very it enticing, sounds good, even though it's not much different than reality. Under twenty thousand, you don't pay anything. If yeah. you have kids, you you don't pay much right. up to fifty thousand because you have the the, the uh, you know child care tax credit. So um, you know, and if you get earned income tax credit, it goes up in higher. So there's a lot of yeah. I mean, that's not a big change on the lower end, um, you know. But Trump's proposal proposed plan would also cut the corporate tax rate from thirty five percent to fifteen percent. The 15% rate would also apply to business income from sole proprietorships and business income passed through to individuals from S-corporations, LLCs, and partnerships. Right. So, you know, business tax deferral schemes would be eliminated, ditto for business interest deductions. Um, you know, I mean, I, I you got to love that. I mean, I, I love it, yeah, you know, a as a direction. business person. Um I have to think that'd be very, very expensive. I think the whole plan's probably very, very expensive. Well, there corporate- to, yeah, there has to be some offsets in uh, government spending, I would think. It's, There's got to be talk some, about that here. Yeah, but. we're going to talk about the expensive. But corporate corporate America is way overtaxed, I yeah. really believe. It. And most of it's double taxed since it's taxed both at the corporate level and the individual level. Right, so. right. And he's also going to abolish uh, the uh, federal estate tax. That would certainly help him out <laughs> quite a bit with those billions I'm of dollars. Sure I'll say. And also the dreaded alternative minimum tax, also known as the AMT. Yeah, and some existing individual write-offs would be sacrificed, but, you know, the deductions for home mortgage interest and charitable donations, that would still stay in place. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And according to the um, an analysis by the the uh, Tax Foundation, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan tax research group based at uh, Washington, D.C., Trump's plan would reduce federal tax revenues by about $12 trillion over 10 years. But, Ouch. you know, it also improve incentives to work and invest, which could increase uh, the, the gross domestic product or GDP by 11% over long term. So the thought is, is the increased GDP, you know, can translate into 6.5% higher wages, uh, another 5 million uh, new jobs, and um, that would help to offset some of the uh, the loss in revenue. So after accounting for the increased tax revenues generated by the higher wages and more jobs, the plan would reduce tax revenues by still $10 trillion. That's a trillion dollars a year. That's a big number. So there, there, there would have to be a lot of You'd cuts. Have to, you'd have to cut huge. spending you'd cuts have to have in there. Huge cuts. I mean, you cut, I know you can't even cut that much out of the budget, quite frankly, no, about entitlement reform. Yeah, right. So honestly, that to me, that's way too expensive. I mean, we would be bankrupt before 10 years of that plan. Yeah. Well, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna um, it's gonna come to uh, you know the voters, yeah. I guess, at some point. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, that leads up to our break, though. If you know, if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours at Richard Young Associates seven zero six. 
739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are going to continue our uh, topic here during the previous segment about the four, well, four GOP candidates. For their top candidates and their tax plans. That's right, their tax plans. You know, we started off with uh, Donald Trump and just taking a quick look at uh, kind of his broad uh, brush approach there. And, uh, you know, his plan looks like it's going to be pretty expensive for the U.S., and there would have to be a lot more surrounding that plan for it to actually even come close to working. Yeah, it sounds appealing to people that don't have to pay as many taxes, but there's going to be an offset somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. There would have to be that's one of my problems with Donald Trump. I think he says a lot of things, proposes a lot of things that don't don't meet up with reality, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's almost just to 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 get you For know sure. to get votes and get a rise there. You're saying a politician says something just to get votes? Yeah, that that I have a problem with that, you know. And then maybe that's why I don't like most politicians, quite <laughs> frankly. But uh, yeah, good point there, John. All right, let's let's take a look now at Carl Fiorina and what they've uh, talked with her about with tax plans here says you know unlike trump she has not yet put forth uh, a detailed plan however she has issued some important clues as to what she might do she says uh the current tax system is in desperate need of reform and simplification well yes i think we would (laughs) all agree with that one um to accommodate a smaller and simpler tax system she advocates a zero-based budgeting plan which would uh mean that all government funding discussions would start from a base budget of zero and build from there you know as opposed to the current practice of starting with previous year spending and going up oh that would be fun don't you i think she might have been consulting with dave on this i like it too actually yeah i think that's where you got to start over every year and, and not just assume you're going to spend the same amount of money. So you're saying that the numbers have to work? Yes. Exactly. They have to balance. Wow. Exactly. It's like our budgets have to balance from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you know, Furiana. Fur- Fur- all right, help me out Fur- here. Furiana. Furiana. <laughs> however you pronounce that. She also staked out some, some of the tax positions in her 2010 run for the California Senate seat. And to paraphrase, I mean, she said the federal tax burden is too high and must be lowered to get the economy growing again. And that translates into making actual cuts in federal spending. You know, she signed the Americans for Tax Reform Taxpayer Protection Pledge, promising that she would vote. She would not vote for any new increases or increased taxes. So. You know, I mean, she, she. I think she's pretty solid. She hasn't given any specifics, but yeah. she's saying the right thing. She does talk about the balanced approach, meaning you would have to make some cuts. Exactly. You know, which Trump didn't really mention that. So, yeah. And as far as you know, increases in taxes, we'll see how that goes and whether she'll really be able to stand by that because there's going to have to be some. Uh, some changes takes, there. Yeah. That's right. All right. Uh, next one on our list is Doctor Ben Carson. Um, 
I heard him speak in Aiken not too long ago, and, and I tell you what, he has a lot more business savvy to him than a lot of people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually been on uh, and is on several major corporate boards. <clears throat> yep. Of directors, so um, you know he has a lot more going for for him than just being the neurosurgeon. But you know, like uh, Carly, <laughs> Miss uh, Fiorina, Ben Carson has uh, has not put forth a detailed tax plan. However, on his website, uh, he says that the IRS or the code, the IRS code, is too long, is too complex, too burdensome, and um, too riddled with tax shelters and loopholes that benefit only a few at the expense of many. He advocates wholesale tax reform, which he says won't be accomplished by career politicians. He also goes on to say, you know, you should be able to complete your tax form uh, filing in less than 15 minutes, which would eliminate the need for the IRS. Hmm. Now, again, that's a huge institution, the reality of that. I don't know about, but, you know, in interviews, Carson has advocated a flat tax, which he calls a proportional tax system. You make $10 billion, you pay a billion. You make $10, you pay $1. And everybody gets treated the same, and you get rid of the deductions, you get rid of the loopholes, and it kind of puts an even playing field out there. You know, what, what do you think there, John? Yeah, I heard him uh, actually talk about that on CNBC um, this last week, and um, it was interesting. He said, you know, you want the person making $10 billion to make $20 billion, so he pays $2 billion into the system. So you make economic conditions favorable for him to make more. And then he went on to say that some people would disagree that the low income couldn't pay any taxes. And he said, well, I came up from those those he, neighborhoods. He came from nothing. That's right. And he said that people want opportunities. They Most people don't want handouts. And I think it's important, too. You, you have to have everybody participating in the system. You know, I don't think you can have... You know, 40 percent, 47 percent, whoever it is, you know, whatever number there is, the right number that don't pay any tax. Right. Um, because that, you know, those the people that are not paying any tax really don't have a part in the system, you know. I mean, they're not they don't have some of the sweat equity, if you will, that's in the overall government. I, I think you just can't have that. You've got to have everybody that has a vested interest yes. in seeing the right thing done with the money so I like up in that. Washington. I, well, and, and when he was speaking in several other talks uh, that he's made, he said, you know, it may not be just a 10%. He said, we might have to do a 12% mm-hmm, or so sure. just to kind of get things leveled off because we, we are, as a nation, in a very critical uh, position as far as our debt is concerned. Yeah, I think you you have to, what they do, they call it scoring it, meaning what are the revenues going to be from that plan, right? and then look at what you need, make some cuts on the other side, make it balance. So, But I like the simplicity of it. I do too. Smart guy. Smart guy. And uh, the last one here is Marco Rubio's tax plan, and according to his website, uh, Marco Rubio would consolidate the existing seven individual tax brackets into two. He would have a 15% tax bracket and then a 35%. He would also eliminate or reform deductions, um, especially those that are disproportionately benefit the uh, privileged few at the expense of everyone else. He would eliminate the marriage penalty, so he would change the structure associated with that. Then he would also level the playing field for working parents by augmenting the current child tax credit of $1,000 with an additional $2,500 credit, which could be used to offset both federal income tax and federal payroll tax. Um, So... 
you know, still some complexity in there versus just one tax rate. Um, but um, I think simplification is kind of a theme here. I think we see that. Yeah, I'm surprised that Fiorina hasn't come out with any details. I mean, she needs to do that, I would think. But you know what? I think when she does, she's been so poignant on s- certain other oh, issues and good. stuff. Yeah. I-, I think it'll be pretty solid and to the point. So, you know, we're not here necessarily to endorse any one no, uh, right. candidate. We're just talking about these views and uh, kind of their angle and approach there on taxes. I did hear in that interview with um, uh, Ben Carson, maybe talked about this when he talked to Aiken, but he, he talked about Six Sigma and Lean Manufacturing, which are manufacturing tools going into these government entities and reducing the expense, making it more efficient. And I think that's that's brilliant. I don't know why that has not been done today. Well, that and making it more cost-efficient, too, and tax-advantageous for these companies that are holding so much money mm-hmm. offshore and yeah. in other countries to bring that back home. I mean, there's literally exactly. billions and, and close to trillions of dollars that are uh, being held away from the U.S. just because of the taxation it would cost them to bring mm-hmm. back to the United States. So yep. let's make a favorable environment for them to bring that money back here. Yep. Yep. Very yep. good. Very, very interesting. Good points. Okay. That leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah. This question is uh, about the stock market. And the uh, question is, I've invested in the stock market and noticed that um, September was not a stellar month. And so the question is, is should I be concerned? I'll let you take you guys take the first crack at that, um, and I'll chime in. No. <laughs> no, is that good? Okay. No, so, Dr. So you're we'll saying it's doing what here. it usually does. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, okay. I mean, first of all, it made all of that back in the first week of October, right? Yeah, right. So the market recovered very quickly and just shows you how fast it can recover. Mm-hmm. So you just can't let your emotions, you know, carry you through this roller coaster of in and out of the market and making changes and constantly trying to react to yesterday's news. And I think it also helps to have some historical perspective here. When you look back at the last 60 plus years, there's been, what, 33 corrections? That's right. Right. So if you look at it, it happens on average every two years. And, you know, a lot of people try to time the market and we see the studies and the stats and that is a horrible way to manage your investments. That does not work. I think Steve was just sharing at the beginning of this week uh, at our client appreciation dinner, you know, that that drop is only about 12.35%. And it only takes about 107 days on average to recover. Exactly. From a correction. From a correction, that is, like we were talking about. Yeah, so I think if you understand, put it in perspective a little bit, that these corrections, and actually I tell people this sometimes, they're actually healthy. You should actually be happy there are corrections because... You know, the bigger issue is when it, it goes up and it never corrects, and then you have a 50% Huge. drop. Yeah, you get a like big we saw bubble. In the tech, tech bubble and the real estate, and, and that is, that's harmful. I think that's detrimental to the economy and to psychology. So these corrections are actually healthy part yeah, of the market. Yeah, they are. I think they kind of balance things back out, get things back in check. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, markets, they, they that's what markets do. They do correct, like you said, 33 times in the last 65 years. So about once every two years on average. So you just got to ride it out. You don't want to follow your emotions on that. But it's, it's a great question, great topic. Okay, that leads us up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. We'd love to hear from you. Or give us a call during regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages and GNN News. Stay with us. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marvin, a certified financial planner. And I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are starting a new topic here during this segment, and that is the 10 money-saving ideas that could actually cost you money. Um, you know, guys, I mean, sometimes our efforts to save money backfires, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and intuitive. Uh, exactly. And our attempts to save money don't always work out. I mean, sometimes you have to be careful not to try too hard and lose sight of the big picture. As my dad used to say, son, don't step over a, a dollar bill to pick up a dime. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you got to be careful. So we have 10 things here on our list that could actually cost you more money than they save you. And, uh, you know, I had a bad experience about this like this a number of years ago um, where we were going down to the Florida Keys for vacation. And I had this bright idea, me and my friend, of uh, buying two used jet skis, using them for a week, having a blast, right? We've never really had jet skis, and then selling them and hopefully getting all of my money back. Okay. (laughs) I thought, hey, this could work out, you know, and I don't have a lake place or anything, so I didn't have any reason for them. So I said, you know, I'm just going to buy these things, and, you know, I bet I could buy a couple of them on a trailer, pull those down there, and we'll have a blast. Well, I mean, what a crazy idea. Um, What a nutty idea. I mean, we probably used them twice. Okay, I did buy them. Thought I got a pretty good price. Bought some pretty used ones. Um, But, my, you know, we probably used them only like twice or three times or something. My son even got like a speeding ticket down there. (laughs) Yeah. What? Oh, the keys. Yeah, I mean, the DNR down there, you know, they called us and said, ah, you're in a no-wake zone. Oh, my goodness. Then come to find out, he was like a week short of being old enough to Uh actually use it. Oh, my goodness. But they kind of let us go and just said, be careful kind of thing. But anyway, um, but, you know, besides the incredible hassle it was to go through this, it actually almost worked out. Except one of them broke right as I sold it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it worked up to the point that I sold it, and then that never worked for that guy. So, I, you know, of course, I wanted to make good on it, so I worked on it for the guy. I spent about $300 and a lot of sweat, replaced the starter and the appendix in there or something <laughs> like that. It wow. was a ton of work because I had never worked on one, right? So Marbert Sweatshop. <laughs> I did, man. I mean, I had to use like a mirror to even be able to see the darn thing because oh it's goodness. way tucked up in there. I know where to take my lawnmower now. <laughs> it, it was unbelievable. So in doing Doing so, though, I actually broke the seal on the carburetor. So then I had to, when he got up to his lake place, I had to pay some guy up there to fix that. It was all said and done. I was in the hole about $1,000 and a bunch of hours of sweat equity. So, guys, I could have rented multiple jet skis multiple times for a lot one. less money, a <laughs> lot less effort. It was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's pull, tough point here be careful what you do trying to save money which leads us into the first one which is a uh, really uh, an interesting one some people want to do their own taxes to save some money but yep. you know if it, they're complicated and you're not an expert that may not be a good idea not always you know no. and i think our cpa friends will like that one but it, it's it is serious i mean you can cost yourself a bundle if you don't know what you're doing uh, maybe you miss some big deductions as well so we've seen clients do this 
they assume there's no cost basis on selling mutual funds, and then they have to do an amendment. Um, so it may be worth you know paying a couple hundred bucks um, to have someone look at it and do it. I mean, it's some of these are complicated. We talked about the tax code; it's um, thousands of pages, so it's very difficult. I know CPAs have a hard time keeping up with it, much less individuals. Exactly. Our tax system is way too complicated. If you're not the type of person that really digs into it and knows what you're doing and confident with it then don't try to do it yourself, you know. Another thing here is um, that a lot of people do, a lot of, lot of, you know, folks and like moms buying grocery stuff, try to buy things in bulk, thinking that you'll eventually use them. Well, you know, I mean, most of us have made this mistake before or know somebody that does. You know, I'm a woodworker. I bought a couple dozen, uh, uh, well, dozens, actually. It's probably like five dozen cabinet hinges and knobs um, at 70% off at Heckinger's when that's it was going a, out of business. That's a heck of a deal. Wasn't that a heck of a deal? It was. <laughs> you know, After like 10 years, I might have used like three or four of them. You know, <laughs> big mistake. Hey, you sell know? them on eBay now. And now they're like way out of style. You know, you know, people wouldn't put those on there because they're all brass. Now everybody's using nickel and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, you got to know what you're going to use over the next year or two, no more, and buy just that amount. If you're planning five years out, you're probably looking too far because things change. You may not be able to use it, so be careful about that. That's right. And then the next one on our list is buying cheap. Uh, you know, sometimes it pays to pay for quality. Yeah, you know? that's true. And, and we've all done this before, uh, you know, I'm sure on some level. But maybe you buy a cheap appliance and it breaks in one year uh, when paying 20% more would have given you three or five years more than exactly. that. Exactly. And so that can be a costly costly mistake there yeah i i usually change my own brake pads i don't know if you guys work on your own cars i just i just kind of like doing that stuff occasionally yeah. you know and uh yeah i, I get it No, everybody does that but um you know of course but i do it to save money you do save a lot of money by doing your own work i used to buy these really cheap drake brake pads thinking ah they're kind of all the same it's gonna last fifty thousand miles or so i'm gonna get you know about the same out of that well, you know, didn't I quite mean, work that way, did it? It didn't, man. Cheap brake pads. <laughs> I found out. I mean, you're replacing them like the very next year. Whew. They last like one year if you buy the cheapest. Pay twenty percent more, maybe fifty percent more. It might last five years. Yeah, yeah. Huge difference. I mean, so you got to be careful about what you buy, and you want to make sure that you're buying good enough quality that you get the life out of it and you don't hurt yourself by trying to save a few bucks so that's one there another one here is buy one get the second one half off i know we've all fallen for this you know you see Mm -hmm. these sales going on and that's great if you need two of something but let's face it you usually don't need it gets back to marketing it does and they're geniuses at it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you buy two year two pair of shoes when you really only need one or you maybe you buy two shirts and you wear them half as much until they go out of style. <laughs> um, you know, decide how many of something you need before you walk in the store and then stick to that. Yeah, that's a good one. And number five here on the list is delaying or skipping preventative stuff, like maybe changing your oil or, or belt on your car. And, you know, you're rolling the dice when you skip an oil change or try to squeeze an extra 5,000 miles out of a worn <laughs> set of tires. You know, you see people on the side of the road. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. not only is it expensive, but it's also dangerous. Um, you know, one wreck, one breakdown, and so much for saving money. The same goes for medical treatment. I mean, that yearly checkup is, is cheap compared to the $3,000 trip to the ER. So, 
preventative is pre- it's, it says that for a reason, right? <laughs> to save you right. money. Preventative maintenance, there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So don't try to go cheap on maintenance a lot of times. Um, yeah. How about using coupons at the grocery store? I mean, everybody does that, right? I mean, it saves a lot of money. Tons of money, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, no doubt. I mean, you would save money if you use coupons for the cheaper brands and the items that you normally buy. But so many people fall into the trap of buying a more expensive brand or an item that you don't need since there's a coupon for it. I mean, after all, that's the whole purpose of coupons is to get you to buy the more expensive stuff that people don't normally buy, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, be careful. Only use coupons if you have the discipline to use them if they are your normal brand, et cetera. And, uh, you know, otherwise you'll spend more money using coupons than you ever would save. Well, and what about seeking out that great deal, driving for that great deal? This is one that yeah, you know, I've seen my granddaddy do personally, and yeah. I get a kick out of this. Yeah. You know, have you ever driven an extra two miles each way to save three cents per gallon, on and, and you're paying 25 cents per gallon, or excuse me, 25 cents per mile to get there? Now, yeah. if math serves me correctly, you just spent a dollar to save 45 cents. Mm-hmm. Sounds that's, like government math. That's to me, about it, you know, yeah. or worse. So, you know, you drive twenty miles each way somewhere to save ten dollars on an electronic or something. Just take into consideration, you know, is the drive and time and effort worth the little bit of savings I might get on this? Yeah, no. you got <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. No. Sometimes you got to do the math. I think sometimes it's about pride too. You know, it's like I want to be able to say I got the cheapest gas. I'm gonna tell my wife I bought gas for a dollar seventy five. Yeah, morning. right. The you hunt. Yeah, yeah, the hunt. But you know, I mean, it's about the bottom line here. Now that I've done the math, I wouldn't even go across the street to save two two cents a gallon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will not. You know, because I, yeah. yeah. I know it's not enough to you know put in your pocket. So be aware about that. That's very good. Um, yeah, and then last uh, one last one here before we go to the break. How about getting those store uh, credit cards to get that $20 discount? You know, it sounds good. I mean, that will be fine, except if you don't pay off the entire balance and they charge you the 18%, then, ouch, you're going to pay a that's, lot more. That's what they're counting on. It starts to add up, and, and it happens most of the yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. They have done the math, I promise you. You know, Then there's the time you're a little late, and then there's a $39 late fee. Mm-hmm. You know, So, yeah, unless you have that steely discipline, um, that can be a killer. I mean, just like the reward or the cashback credit card. So be very, very careful when you get credit cards, um, to, you know, a new credit card, store credit card to buy something. Okay, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marvin, a certified financial planner. I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. 
And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the 10 money-saving ideas that could actually cost you more money than you saved. Yeah, it may not be worth it. It may not be worth it. In fact, and sometimes they're they're way more expensive. So you got to do a little math. You know, you got to be careful. Um, you know, sometimes you, you maybe you want to do your own taxes. That could be a huge you know, expense if you get it wrong, which we see people all the time that do get it wrong because they don't really, you know, quite have a handle on what they're doing there. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe you buy things in bulk. We talked about that, and then a lot of it goes to waste. I've made that mistake before. Um, or you buy a cheap version of something that that is not built to last, and it breaks in no time. So, you know, you're better off buying quality sometimes. So, you know, not necessarily name brand, but quality, right? Quality. Mm-hmm. And there's so a difference. There's a difference. So you got to be careful. Um, so there are just countless examples out there. We won't go through them all, but um, we're going to continue down our list here. And number nine here on the list is, you know, and I'm guilty of this one, that is buying an expensive tool when you only need to use it once instead of maybe renting or borrowing. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good so one. yeah, I'm I'm one of these tool junkies, if you will. You know, I love buying tools, and so yeah, give me a good excuse, I might go buy a tool or borrow it from a friend. There you hey. go. There hey. you go. Hey. Somebody yeah, with some right. of this stuff. Now. I do have a few tools. No kidding. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, so maybe you need a power washer to power wash your back deck, right? So you buy a four hundred dollar power washer. Use it twice, then after five years, and it sits in your garage. You go try to use it, you know, and it doesn't even crank, doesn't start. It's no good anymore. Well, I, you know what? I, I have a story. Quick one there. I've I've had a power washer for about fifteen years, mm-hmm. and it has stood the test of time. There you go. I'm just saying. There you go. Well, if you're going to use it, you know, That's if, right. if you use it a time or two a year, <laughs> no kidding, you can definitely get your money out of it. So you just have to do the math. That's right. Be honest with yourself, you know. Um, otherwise, go rent or borrow it. The last one here on the list is, and in my favorite, of course, is vacations. <laughs> Got to love talking about vacations here. But, yeah, how about owning a new timeshare, buying a new timeshare or a camper instead of just renting something? You know, the Best, best two days of camper ownership is the first and the last. That's, that's right. what I've heard. You speak from experience, don't <laughs> yes, you? Yes, mine's gone. I sold it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so it kind of speaks for itself. You know, the maintenance fee alone, usually on a timeshare, costs about as much as renting a timeshare. So, you know, be careful there. I mean, you know, there's the upfront cost. There's fees to switch places each week. As for a camper, I mean, you know, unless you stay – uh, close to home and use it a lot, it can really be a money pit. So you got to be careful there, too. So the takeaways here are you need to pay attention to how much you'll spend trying to save money. Be realistic. Sometimes it's better just to buy quality or rent something. But the money doctors certainly applaud your efforts to try to save money. So keep up those efforts. Just be realistic just about it. do it in a smart way. Do yeah. it in a smart way. Exactly. Okay, good topic. And that leads us up here, though, to our prescription of the week. Yeah, the money doctors like to bring you current information and keep you up to date on what's going on. And, guys, there's been a a change to um, the Christmas schedule this year. It's happening on December the 25th. December really? 25th. It's it coming is. early. <laughs> Man, you know? that's like only like two and a half months away or it something. It is. They keep changing it on us. So um, you might want to do some planning so it doesn't follow you into 2016. So many times people make the mistake of overcharging stuff and not budgeting, mm-hmm. you know, like you talked about earlier, John. You know, put together a plan for Christmas. It comes around the same time each year. 
plan for it. That way it doesn't follow you all the way to April or sometimes the very next Christmas. Yeah, a lot of times when you start thinking about parents and in-laws and, you know, it, the list goes on and on. It, you know, set some boundaries, set, set some limits, and um, do some planning so it doesn't – you're not paying for this in 2016. Yeah, and if you're patient, you get better deals, you know. Yes. So if you can take your time and buy things ahead of time, you'll get better deals. So that's a great prescription. <laughs> that, that, I like doing Christmas shopping right after Christmas. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's even better. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we get closer to Christmas. So that's <laughs> a sure, good, I'm sure. good deal. All right. That leads up to our last topic here, and that is the five things your team can be saving for right now. Yeah. Um, Dave yeah. Ramsey article, good. Um, I like it. Good topic here. So, uh, you know, okay, it's not really a shock to any parent from the day that you uh, brought your kids home. They, they wanted to be the center of your universe, um, partly because they depended on you and uh, partly because they wanted their needs met as quickly as possible, right? Kids want stuff. I guess adults want stuff immediately, too, but uh, we'll, we'll blame you. You mean everything kids. from uh, their bottle to their diaper being changed? That's right. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, you know, even if patience is a virtue, it's still a challenge to make it a part of a normal life and, um, and the lives of our kids. But one great way to nurture that patience is by saving money, which is where you can connect with your kids in a meaningful way. So, you know, if you think about teens, and Steve and I, um, you know, still have some, and Gordon, you will pretty pretty soon, they want stuff um, all the time. And sometimes they want big-ticket stuff. So it's a challenge for them to save up for those things. And, um, you know, it can actually teach them some incredible life lessons. So, you know, delayed gratification, sacrifice, goal-setting, self-discipline, and, yes, even a little bit of patience. So we're going to dive right into this. The first thing to say for is an emergency fund. And, um, you know, certainly from a teen perspective, emergencies probably are much smaller than adults. But building an emergency fund is a way to set the habit in motion. 500 bucks is a great target for a teen. Set it in a savings account and leave it alone. And I think you used a key word there, <laughs> habit. You know, mm-hmm. it's about the behavior, John, that we, exactly. we all talk about so much. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so emergency fund's not real fun, but it, it does start the habit. Um, but uh, technology, I think, is a pretty cool thing that most teens want. It really is. Yeah, I mean, whether it's a new phone, new computer, or new gaming system, you know, I mean, the price tag for technology can be pretty high. And we all know that kids want the new iPhone, yes. right? I mean, the so latest, they, greatest gadget. They do. So... Um, you know, that can be a great thing for them to save for. Um, that sense of accomplishment and the pride from saving up cash and buying it with their own money, that can make a really powerful impression, and it can teach them how to how to just plan and save. It's a very valuable skill to learn how to plan and save ahead of time. So that's great. That's right. And the next one here on the list is cars. I mean, when it comes to saving for a car, nothing beats clear communication. I mean, you want to sit down, have this conversation. Uh, maybe you want to match what your teen say, saves, or maybe you want your teen to pay for it all, but make sure your expectations are spelled out. I, I think, you know, having some skin in the game is is a great way to go. So we actually did some matching in our household, and I know Dave did that as well. I've heard him talk about it with his teens um, growing up. Yeah, no, no matter the uh, no matter the item, if they have you know some skin in the game, they'll appreciate it more mm-hmm. uh, for sure. My nine year old has actually started a car envelope. Wow. I, I kid, I kid wow. you not. 
All right. That's yours. Here's another one. Travel. You know, some teams, they may be uh, eyeing an international missions trip or, you know, others might be looking just to plan a special trip with friends and have fun. But, you know, whether it's to go and serve or or just to get out and see the sites, teams need to pay attention to what they're doing and try to pay for it with cash. Mm -hmm. You know, save up. Delay that trip just a little while longer so that the trip doesn't follow you home. There you go. You know, in a bad way. Right. That is. Great memories. Uh, great times, but don't be paying for it for months and maybe years to come. That's right. And the final one here on the list is, is college. And, you know, it's not a pipe dream for um, a kid to go through school um, debt-free, but it takes some planning. So challenge him about scholarships, um, studying for the ACT or the uh, SAT, look at in-state universities, but set some expectations. Um, you can get through college debt-free, but it's not easy. And I'll tell you, just from you know personal standpoint, with my kids, emergency fund was number one. Um, they have actually started Roth IRA accounts. They've had some earned income, so they're putting together money for the long term. But then they have a kind of a medium-term account, which they're putting money into, and they can spend that on anything they want to. So if they need a, a car in the future, maybe at some point a down payment for a house um, mm-hmm. as well. If they need a new iPhone, that that other account can can provide that. So that's worked pretty well from from my kid's standpoint. Yeah, it has. I, I I love that. Um, you know, I also like for them to start saving for college or start saving for retirement early. Yes, actually, you know, when they get their first real job, we've talked a lot about Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. I actually match my kids what they put in the Roth IRA since this is retirement money. I'll match it. I know everybody can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, but. You know, it just gets them in that habit of putting the money away and forgetting about it, realizing that, yeah, they're not going to see it for 40 years, yeah. perhaps, you know, which is a long time for a kid, um, long fantastic. time for anybody. Yeah. But uh, but if you're you know, a parent and you can do that, see, that's that's a blessing. That's huge. Yeah, it, 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 it is. We've seen the numbers when you save that long. <laughs> Absolutely. So. It is incredible. So, you know, just getting them to start early and getting that habit. And, you know, sure enough, whenever Josh, you know, got his own job, he fully funded his yeah. Roth IRA all by himself. Awesome. That first year, and uh, you know, so they, getting them in that habit did help. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff there. And I mean, you know, you, you you got your kid saving for cars at age nine, man. It, she's a she's a star student. They they have really latched on to some incredible money habits uh, for seven to nine year olds. But it's something that has been important to us to go ahead and start teaching those mm-hmm. skills now, so yeah. that later on, you know, yeah. hopefully. They'll get it. And you make it fun. It's not That's like right. uh, you That's have right. to do this. They're enjoying it. So. Absolutely. Great job. Okay. Well, that's been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Enjoy the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Let's see.